we went around the room and we said, if you already have a thousand dollars, what would you give that to? Veterans, kids, animals, or the food bank? And you saw people, uh, veterans, food insecurities, children's hospitals. After we spoke and got done, you saw like eight people like get together and go, Hey, I sir, you said veterans. Oh yeah. My son's in the Navy. And there was eight people. They didn't know each other in the room, but they saw that passion come up when they talked about a simple pulse survey that went out and they sat and talked and we connected them because they had a love for veterans. It took eight minutes to figure out an authentic variable of their life and then connect them together. Who knows what happened after that, but the fact that they got together afterwards is like, that's pretty cool. And then my friend's like, okay, that worked out. That was good. You scared me there, but anyway. Welcome to the Navigate's People First podcast. This month, we have a special treat for you as we wrap up our annual 2023 Navigate Summit. The summit is our way of connecting people to what matters most in the health and well-being space. Our goal was to inspire, educate, and connect attendees by providing an opportunity for networking, collaboration, and sharing industry knowledge and experiences. This year, we were thrilled to take the summit on the road and invite attendees to beautiful Big Sky Country in Bozeman, Montana. So today on the podcast, instead of our usual scheduled programming, we wanted to share an exclusive look into the Navigate Summit experience. We hope you enjoy. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Let me go ahead and introduce our panel here this morning that's going to help us with the holistic approach to a data-driven well-being program. So, of course, we know Troy Vincent, founder and CEO at Navigate. So welcome back to the stage. Jeremy Knipper, Chief Technology Officer at Navigate. And then Jim, Jim Barkley, the Vice President of Operations at Navigate. So welcome. That's like my favorite scene in Ted Lasso. I'm like, yeah. you guys, I, okay, good job. Yeah, you get to talk about that. So that's the first question. Here we go. So Ted talks about being curious and not judgmental. So how does this relate to now getting into the data around well-being on the heels of this conversation we just had that focused on our employees' needs and where they're at? So first thing I would say is, how do we use data for good? Our goal is to empower people to action and using data for that cause. One of the, I think one of the wonderful things that we've done at Navigate are these campfire chats that we have amongst all employees around the entire company. And it's not a work question. It's like, what's your favorite movie? And Jim goes and talks for 20 minutes about Top Gun. Then we end up going to the movie and we're in seats F14, F15, F16. And I'm like detail oriented. Yeah. But just asking and having that conversation and literally having a pure, authentic conversation with people. That's what we, that's what I, when, when we think about how we're going to use data and how we continue to use data, that's how our focus yeah. it came full circle last night too, because we talked a lot about roasting marshmallows in those campfire chats. <laughs> and I got, Laura, I don't know where you're at, but I got to see it firsthand of roasting a marshmallow and getting four marshmallows out of one marshmallow what? because you burn it take the top off, burn it again, take the, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. So didn't even see it coming, didn't see it coming, but it was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, real conversations matter. Real conversations matter, but we're talking about data. So we know the real conversations feel good for us and we know it's going to serve our employees best, 
But why do we need to back that by the data when we just know it feels good and we know it's the right thing to do? Why is the data? Jay, you go there. I would say that data doesn't care. Data is there to educate us, to help us make decisions, to help us understand our people. The data doesn't have any feelings. We do. And it's our job to use that data to understand what people need. We can put it into practice and get caring out of it. And I think also, not only does data not care, but data doesn't matter unless you're using it, right? So you can have all of the great collection methods. You can have all of the great data about a whole host of things. But if you don't put the data into action, it's useless. Numbers don't have feelings, right? But numbers can give you great insight. Data can provide insight, tell you a story. But if you're not listening to it, looking for it, or understanding even how to use it or deploy it, it is useless. So again, I think that's where all of us as a collection of making sure that we know why we're collecting the data and then having a plan to put it into action is super imperative. I agree. Just barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. This, I was at an event with one of our, our favorite consultants that are out there and, and helping us in the marketplace. And it was a little dry event. There was like maybe 200 people there and they're like, it was getting a little, I need to go to the bathroom or I need to like get what well, people were kind of bored a little bit. And we were getting up to be next to the, the speech. And I look over at my friend and I'm like, I'm going to switch things up a little bit and I'm going to start off with this. And she goes, oh God, Troy, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what we did is we went around the room and we went fast, right? And we said, if you already have a thousand dollars, what would you give that to? Veterans, kids, animals, or the food bank? And we went around the entire room, right? And you saw people, uh, veterans, food insecurities, children's hospitals, all that you just saw. And all of a sudden, like after we spoke and got done, you saw like eight people like get together and go, Hey, I, sir, you said veterans. Oh yeah. My son's in the Navy or, and there was eight people that had no idea. They didn't know each other in the room, but they saw that passion come up when they talked about a simple pulse survey that went out to the, and they sat and talked and we connected them because they had a love for veterans. It took eight minutes, eight minutes to figure out an authentic variable of their life and then connect them together. Who knows what happened after that? But the fact that they got together afterwards is like, that's pretty cool. And then my friend's like, okay, that worked out. That was good. You scared me there. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So you're talking about, there's a little bit of personalization in that example. How can we very quickly personalize it? So with our well-being programs, how are we doing that to meet the needs of the individual employees? I'd say we do it in dozens of ways. Data collection through the platform, you know, sounds pretty dry, but what it does is allows us to tell the stories of our participants where we've got hundreds, thousands of people out there that we don't have time or the resources to collect all of those anecdotes. So we have to roll it up. We have to have a way to turn the vision and the perception and the feelings of our people into something that's actionable. And we've got to tell that story to the people above us. We've got to tell the story to, to people that have budget and resource control. And we've got to just not just present Here's the biometric risk trend. It went up 3.5%. You know, we can curve that by 2.2%. We've got to mix that in with the story of the people that are working for us. So the platform itself has pulse surveys. You can ask 
pulse surveys individually over time to get employee sentiment. It's got a form solution where you can ask custom questions on a regular basis. We use that for our well-being survey, our total health survey, our employee engagement survey, which not enough people are utilizing, our diversity, equity, inclusion, and now BNA to go along with that, that survey. We ask questions that'll help you, empower you to tell the story of your participants. And that's on top of the standard stuff like biometric risk trends. So we've got a great set of tools out there to help you understand what's going on in the lives of the people that work for us. And to me, that's an important distinction that it's not just risk trend data. It's not just how many people are doing well in these pillars of well-being. It's human beings out there that are behind all of that data. And so having that empathetic or compassionate view of that data allows us to tell a better story. And that story is meant to help those people. Yeah, I think kind of blends that combination of people aren't numbers, right? People aren't just a risk factor. They're not just, how do I reduce the impact of cost and claims and things of that nature? But again, there's a lot of that that can flow into then strategies of really taking those listening tools, again, that collection method really understanding what people are asking for and needing, and then being able to turn that into a program that helps them connect to the mission and the vision of your organization. Because it's not just now the stick method that says, okay, you need to do this in order to satisfy our needs. It's we're going to build a program supported by our mission and our vision of where we're going. And we want you to be connected to that, but we need to connect to you as well. And so you can create your own path within that, but we're all on this journey together. And I think that's a great way to kind of put those two together. When we were talking about doing this panel, it's kind of interesting because Jeremy's background, very clinical focused data and empowering Navigate to go that direction. Jim, operational data, making sure that we're surveying our clients, making sure we're doing exactly what we need to do retaining our best and our brightest, bringing that operational efficiency to the business and to the industry and saying, are we doing the right things? Are we checking in? Are we making sure this is all the right things on the efficiency side? Which I think is very, very important because the stewardship of budgets, the stewardship of making sure that we're connecting all the right things for that HR person and helping drive efficiencies for that person is extremely important just as connecting to the employee side of things. And on my side, it's more of a cultural thing. It's like, what's the data showing me of what people are wanting in the marketplace? What are people want first? And then what's the marketplace asking for? One of the data points that we found out three years ago was, you know, our employees, they're like, I just need some extra time to just do my own thing. All right. So what does that look like? And we started out like, hey, all right, fine. Like, take an hour of your own time. An hour wasn't enough. And so now I'm very proud to say that we listened to our employees and the feedback we got was like, we need at least three hours a week to just do just my own self-care. No matter what I need to do, I just need to do that. So this is year two of us having three hours of self-care every single week for Navigate employees. You can do whatever you want. Just put it on your calendar. And we bring that data in. And we sit there and go, okay, people are doing this, they're doing that, they're doing that. But I think that's one of the things that we found out through data is that our people just need a little extra time. And combine that with Jim's productivity numbers, we're higher productivity on the time. Our retention is growing. 
our retention of our employees are growing. Those trends are going upward. And that we look at that as a foundational, great use of data that we listen, learn, and put into activation. And there's a, there's a huge trust factor there as well too, right? Like that doesn't work unless there's trust. And I think that's a huge component of that, that again, there's no questions asked, right? If it's, I got to catch up on laundry. There's three <laughs> baskets in the living room that I haven't touched or haven't done dishes or whatever it is, right? In, in the remote environment, work has come home with us and it's in our living rooms now. It's in our living space. And so just having the ability to, or whether it's if you've got kids and your kids are at home and you're trying to play traffic cop and, and taxi and you're driving people all over the place, just being able to have that ability to say, my organization, my leadership, my manager trusts me to use my time wisely. And that time can benefit me showing up to work better. And I'm less stressed because I'm not worried about how many socks I haven't folded or, or what have you. I can come to work. I can show up and, and be my best because I've taken care of myself. That's important. I, and I feel like we've, we've helped you, establish that. Do you fold socks like oh flat over or you? I was going to go. I'm up. Like, like, yeah. Okay. The, in your, 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 like, Were yeah. you that picture of the color coded? Okay. No. Oh, okay. I'm lucky if it makes it to the closet. <laughs> <laughs> That's why all the laundry yeah. talk, right? Yeah. That's a whole nother therapy. Hey, real quick for Jim's sake, quick pull survey. <laughs> Does everybody like the pillows at the armory? Raise your hand if you like the pillows here. Pillows? Okay. Agree to disagree. Mm -mm. They are too flat and squishy. I'm with you, Jim. I mean, I who do love not, the hotel. Who does not hotel like the workers, pillows I mean, at the armory. Okay. Wow. Okay. I, We're in the minority. That's fine. I mean, that's cool. They look really nice, but then, then they, like, they get out. really flat. I've got like right. three of them stacked on top. Jim is putting together a white paper. It'll be available <laughs> after the conference yeah. on the pillows here at the armory. We've done It'll some be available in PDF and in your email box. That's great. Sorry. All right. No, you're fine. <laughs> I thought you were it's that go, whole like, humor thing. There it was. Like... There it was. All right. So help me back up for a minute because this sounds really great. <laughs> and all the data and we can do all these things and we have all these opportunities. But a little over a year ago, I was an HR director for a law firm. Do not recommend. It was very hard. I was overwhelmed. I would have loved to do some of these people because I'm a this person, right? I found a better place for me to be. But I was in that type of environment. Where do I start? Because the tactics and the strategies and all that sounds really good. But where do I start so that it isn't overwhelming? How do I take the first step? Yeah, tactics first. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we work... It, there's a huge spectrum, right? And and still to this day and probably forever, we'll work with companies that literally are asking that question like, hey, we hired you to help us figure this out because we don't. Back to kind of the, the video assignment. Again, if it's just the check the box, right? Just showing up, a well-being program isn't a magic pill, right? I, I think all of us in this room can recognize the fact that just having a well-being program doesn't solve the issues that we all face as employees and just as human beings, it's nice to have, but it's way more than that. So the answering of the question is, is honestly trying to figure out first, it's probably awareness of where you're at on that spectrum. But at Navigate, one of the cool things that we've done, we've aligned our teams in industry verticals for a very specific reason of being able to speak to that industry and being able to bring to bear a lot of the best practices that we're hearing from like-minded organizations and companies where we get to have data-backed conversations about here's what other organizations at your 
kind of inflection point in your industry. Here's what they're doing. Here's what they're finding success at. But also, I think actionable versus aspirational or achievable versus aspirational maybe is another way of if you walk in and you're like, we've got to solve all the world's problems year one might be a recipe for failure or not seeing the success you want. Incremental growth, right? I think we've touched on that a little bit as well, too. Take those baby steps. Take that one degree, that 1%. Have actionable and actual achievable goals. Start small. Get people to their doctor. Create that relationship with, with the doctor. Let's start there. Let's look at and do a assessment of where you're at from an organization. Do you have mission goals, values? Can we align to those things? What resources do you have available that we can connect people to? So it doesn't have to be this grandiose, huge monstrosity of a program or strategy. It can be really, really simple. And I think when you start there and you start to see some traction and people start to see small success, then that engagement starts to happen as well, too. People start talking about, hey, I did, and this is what I got out of. So seeing that small incremental growth, I think, is is kind of crucial to start, too. As someone very smart about an hour ago said, just take one step. Go one place, figure out what's important. What are your goals? What do we want to achieve as an organization? And take a little tiny bite is sometimes enough. What the data is showing us from a well-being engagement and an overall employee engagement standpoint is that there is no one thing. There is no one magic bullet that makes it all happen. It's a collection of all the little things you do. Just like being a good leader or a manager is not one thing. It's everything. It's all of the little things you're doing. So it's a little bit of good communication. It's a little bit of good empathy. It's, it's compassion. It's a little bit of tough love and some training and education. You put all of those things together and you get a comprehensive approach to it. So if you're just getting started, just pick one. We want to do a little bit better when it comes to communication. We want to do a little bit better with empathy. We just want to get people to the doctor. We just want to collect a little bit of information. Start small. Mm -hmm. Do you have something to add? Well, I, was just, I just think, when you, you know, your example of an attorney's firm, that's one of the things that being very agile in what we do is the fact that I think that the use of data, especially in the macro environment that we're in right now and what we maybe see that we can learn from history, it's going to be an election year, guys. Go look at the trends of what the economy is going to do during election. And if you want to go look at it, look at a trend where what happens to the economy when there's a particular party in, in the White House now and what trends are going to look like during that election versus the other. And you're going to see the trends the same. We're in for some turbulent times in the next 12 to 18 months. And I think stewardship of budgets and stewardship of solutions is going to be extremely high priority. And I'm not going to steal Jeremy's thunder, but he's going to show some data later today around getting people to the right resources. Because at that attorney firm, it might be get our attorneys to their mental health and focus there. If you're a construction company, maybe in Kansas City and throughout the world, it might be, hey, muscular skeletal is very important to us. We need to drive people here. And so construction, let's get them to here. Attorneys, let's get them here. Being able to bring, to be that great aggregator of data and be able to use that data for good to be able to say, we're taking people to this spot. And oh, by the way, no one's using this solution. You're spending this amount on here. No one's using this. Let's take that and maybe bring that into an incentive to focus on this small group that are using 
these particular pharmaceutical drugs and we can focus and help laser beam some things to them. And let's bring that together. To me, that's how our strategy of being kind of the great aggregator and bringing things together is where a trend that we're, again, we saw that as data. We asked people, hey, how can we help? Troy, can you bring more things together and bring that data together? Yes. And so that's where, again, using data for good to be the great aggregator of that and focusing on where people need to go. Right. So let's say I take that first step and I engage with the platform. How do you help me know it's successful? What information is there and how is that measured? One of the ways and kind of new for us within the last year, we asked ourselves kind of that question of how can we bring data to our clients and more data to bear because we're getting the questions all the time. I need to show value. There's an investment that we make into this platform and we're going to do some great things. We know we are. We've got those aspirations. But at the end of the day, we've got to prove value. We've got to prove that this is working. And back to the incremental growth. I mean, one of the things that we saw as an opportunity was a shared success plan with our clients. So activating the conversation that says, where are you on your journey? Where are you wanting to go? And what does success look like for you? We have data that can help support you in ideas and strategies and thought. However, we need you to also be on this journey with us and we need to understand what that success looks like so that we can measure it. So during implementation, during the process, when we bring clients on board with us, we go through that dialogue. We build a shared success plan that both our clients and the organizations we work with and us collaborate on, have, and then formalize so that now we have that measure of success. We have specific things that we can start to track, identify. And again, with any good data monitoring, it's not a pass fail. It's not, this is only success or this is a failure. It's where do we need to change directions if it's not working and what new resource or what new application or what new thing can we deploy to maybe get us on the path that we need to, or it's just an ongoing iteration. So having that definitive or defined success plan, what does success look like and have both parties understand that gives us the opportunity to then at least deliver on it because without it, I saw this great quote, data is the flashlight in the dark. So if we don't have a flashlight and we're just walking around, we have no idea where we're going, right? So again, being able to have that, a defined path, but also being at, have that tool that helps us illuminate where the heck we're going is a great way to get there. We've been up here talking about data and you probably expect the technology person to be talking the most. It largely, our role is to provide the ops team with data. We want to get actionable intel into your hands and our operations team, our client services team, customer service implementation, they're the flashlight that's going out there and providing you with, you know, we've got resources. They're taking that and helping you interpret that. You're the battery in the flashlight. Let's, let's keep running with that. I like it. So it's really not a technology thing. We're there to provide you with the resources to make better decisions. So I appreciate the fact that we're having a conversation about data, and this is largely an operational conversation. Yeah. That makes me happy. And an entertaining conversation around data, because, I mean, wow, could it get dry? Yeah. And as a vision personality, visionary personality, 
I'm glad we have linear thinkers and when it comes to that. Anyway, we're going to put that to the test later because I've got some. Oh, I know you're going to do so bad. Just give me Love it. We're going to go fast. I'm the guinea pig for anything. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tying back to some of those HR trends then, and maybe this is something where from like a product standpoint, you can talk about like, how are you taking some of the things that are going on in the HR industry and employee health and well-being? Where are you using some of those? And not again, to get too far into the roadmap this afternoon, but where are you looking at some of those things? Where's that information coming from? What's, what's inspiring us to continue to evolve? I'll start. Yeah. What's interesting for us is that we spend most of our time looking at our internal data, our book of business data, our, in, our uh, industry verticals data. And we obviously hear from the marketplace, right? For years, we've been, the past two years, three years, we've been talking quite a bit about mental health. And absolutely, that's something of concern. But what we're seeing from our actual data is declining trends when it comes to physical activity and nutrition, right? We've been chasing after this goal, which is absolutely something we could do. But I'm seeing things that are telling us that at the same time, we're neglecting things that are tried and true sources of improvement from a well-being standpoint. So to me, it's interesting to take both of those things into consideration. There's what we're talking about and what's kind of kind of spicy in the industry. And then there's the stuff that has been working and maybe we've been neglecting a little bit. So to me, that's an interesting nugget that we've been able to pull out of the data. Yeah. And then, I mean, to take that our voice of the customer type strategies, things that were, again, the listening tools that not only from our platform with employee information, but again, we're revamping this year what we used to have advisory board, but like think tank, client think tanks. And we do surveys with our clients. We do CSAT, we do NPS, we do all of those basic type of listening tools, but really being able to ask questions around what problems are you facing? Here's what we're seeing. Are you seeing those same trends? And where do we find that intersection? It's really also cool to be able to have at our disposal in Germany, right across the building of being able to say, listen, here's what we're hearing. Do we, do we have any of this in our roadmap? Is any of this something that we're looking at? And just being able to have those dialogues, you know, Troy said it yesterday really well. At Navigate, we listen. And that's one, a super important thing that we will always continue to do is we want to hear feedback, both good and bad. We don't get better as an organization. We're not able to support you all better if we're not hearing the challenges that we need to help you face and overcome. And being able to take that information, have that listening session, keep our ears open to be able to say, we're matching trends that we're seeing from your employees who are talking through the platform, through the data we're collecting, the trends that you're seeing. What products or what solutions can we bring to bear to maybe help solve those problems now or in the future? So how can we use that data to help in the future? So I love Iowa. We got work to do. Okay. This past year, I spent a lot of time with some legislators because I wanted 99 mental health facilitators, one in every county in the state of Iowa. I want them now. We need more mental health psychologists, therapists, counselors everywhere in our state. We're still never going to be able to have enough. But what we can do is what I see is this peer to peer communication and coaching that's going to start happening in our country even more. Just like you're going to hear us that tomorrow, you're going to hear from Sally Emig, who was a client of ours with Aetna, registered nurse, retired. I called her and said, you have way too much gas in the tank. You got to come on and help us be a consultant. And she became a mentor of mine after she retired. 
that mentorship can go further. It can go to trucking companies that have retired truckers helping younger truckers saying, hey, you're going through these five things. I got you, man. I've been there. And that person can be that peer-to-peer communicator and that peer-to-peer coach. As so we think about using that data and how can we use that data for good? How can we use technology for good to open up a wider opportunity for peer-to-peer counseling? That's where we believe the future is and how we can use that aggregation of data well. And we're going to get 99 by the time I'm at age, but I'm not going to say the number. <laughs> That's we got to pay attention. That data is out there. We got to pay attention to what our hospitals need, what our nonprofits are asking for, what people are, you know, what they're really needing. And we're never going to have enough. And so how do we change it up a little bit and say, how do we use that data for good and use technology for good and get more people in there and the peer to peer side of things, the mentoring and that people are thirsty. The young people in our world right now, they're thirsty for mentorship. They really are. And we can help them do that. All right. Should we ask the audience what's on their mind? Ready for that? All right. So what questions do you have around the data? What's kind of on your mind that we haven't touched yet? I'm curious if you're collecting any data around working from home and its implications on more of the mental health or emotional health piece, if there's anything you're collecting and what you might be able to do actionable as a result of that collection. So not directly. We're not asking directly about mental health related to working from home. We are, through our employee engagement survey, asking the questions that surround all of that. So I feel like there's there's probably some decent data there that would let us infer responses to how you've been trending, especially post working from home. I don't have them off the top of my head, but I'd be happy to come share some of that data. What we've seen personally from having a much more remote workforce over the past couple of years is first, not a loss of productivity. In fact, we've seen it maintain, if not inch up a little bit. And that's at the same time as giving people mental health hours to take advantage of, reinforcing the flexibility of making sure that people can do what they need to do in their personal lives and still get their work done. And we're seeing that trend maintain. We do hear quite a bit of feedback about resources around mental health and primarily access to that. And that's one of the reasons we were so passionate about, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, is the total health program, which drives activation, awareness, education to mental health resources. I don't want to turn this into a commercial, but our employee engagement survey sort of gets around that. We're always sort of looking at the next version of some sort of survey tool, and likely mental health is going to be a priority, either as an addition to the employee engagement survey or a new survey on its own. So a little bit. At the very least, we have the engines to be able to ask. And if companies want to ask, we have it. That's why we built the engine. We don't reinvent it. I mean, that's a great point is that we have, if any of you out there are wondering a very specific question, talk to your account manager right now. They've got a tool to put it in place. Whether you just want a one-time answer or you want the answer over time to tell you how perceptions are changing based on what's going on in the world or in the workplace, we've got a tool that'll help meet those needs. Let me give you an example kind of close to that. So we have a wonderful client, Hy-Vee Food Stores in the Midwest, and they use like 40% of our software capabilities. And we're always trying to say what's next with them. And their executive vice president of HR, great friend of mine, and she's always battling like, Troy, we got to get more people into the stores. We need more employees. I would just like go, 
So we sat back, we whiteboard because you know I love a good brainstorm session whiteboard. And I'm like, how many part-timers do you have? This many. What are we doing for those part-timers to get them to think about a career at Hy-Vee long-term? Well, we did this. I go, we pitched this. This is long going. They still haven't done this yet, but we're going to get them on board. How about we do a career survey? And how about we get their information? Let's have them do this. And let's, and then look at these top hundred and really focus on mentorship for those folks to get them into the store, to get them in the long-term aspect of working at Hy-Vee. And she's like, we can do that. I'm like, we have the data, we have the survey, we have this, you have the mentorship program, you have all this. We can bring that together inside your well-being program as a career ladder moving forward. And she's like, okay, all right, we need to do this. And I'm like, all right, when are we doing this? Let's do this. Cause this is great. Right. But that's one of those things looking at it and saying, how can we say, what's your need? More employees, more retention. Okay. Let's look at that. How can we get more data around that? How can we help build that up? That's to me where separates navigate from other vendors. I'm sorry, we're different because we want to dig in with you and not just give you, Hey, here's a point solution. Go do that. We want to dig in and how can we use that data and drive people to what you really need. I agree. All right. We have time for about one more. So who else has a question? How are you helping the navigate account teams? You know, educate clients on the data that navigates using. I think that's a missing element from almost 90% of yeah. uh, well-being vendors is you have the data, right? The problem is the translation from the data to the actual action that comes out. So how is your team supporting that? Roadmap. Yeah, no, 100%. You're so happy right now. I, well, I mean, <laughs> you have two minutes. <laughs> Shot clock. Cool. Um, Shot clock. Super awesome question. And again, one of those things that we are on our own journey of answering that exact question. As Troy mentioned about it a year and a half ago, two years ago, it became an imperative mission for us to, we need to have better data. We need to collect more data and we need to then use it. So Call it, we're in that deployment phase of, all right, we've got this huge collection pot. How do now we give our team the accessibility to it? That's easy for them to disseminate. What the heck does all of these numbers mean on this spreadsheet that is 17 tabs and 900 columns and 10,000 line items? What the heck does this mean? So again, data is just numbers unless you have a story to tell with it. So we're on a journey to be able to consume that better, working with the product team to say, listen, we've got it. We need tools because without it, we can't have understanding. And then working with our teams ongoing, we've got our team leads over each of the verticals that we connect with twice a month. We've got team meetings that happen. So there's constant communication that we are trying to make sure we are having that says, here's what this is. Here's how to use it. Here's the conversation we can have with our clients about why this has value or why it would be important for them to know. Because again, if we're just saying things and saying numbers, but it doesn't have a connection, it's useless. So it's an ongoing iteration for us, building better tools that not only collect, but then can distribute internally within our organization so we can use it. Ali, what I would say to that too is... If Jim had another 15 minutes, he'd bring up dashboards up here on the screen. 
And he'd be able to show a dashboard and say, here's our MPS score for this particular client. Here's their rating over the last six months. It dipped down to here below this amount. We made a phone call. Hey, how's things going? Everything okay? So knowing that data and that dashboard, generally, he's got more data on a dashboard now in that MPS score and being able to say, here's retention rate. Here's all the different things. How that client satisfaction, it's remarkable. And this is where you're like... There's a slide. Boom. There it would have been. Anyway. Oh, shoot. All right. Well, give these three a hand. So thank you to Jeremy and Jen. That's right.